Welcome to Uplifting Women podcast. This podcast is sponsored by upliftingwomen.net, as well as Holly Tesca Coaching and Consulting and Regent Leadership Group. Join our co-hosts, Holly Tesca and Kristen Strunk, thought partners in the world of leadership, equality, and personal and professional development. Listen as they bring stories of inspirational women and their allies who are working every day for authentic leadership, equality, and inclusion in business, education, and community. These are the stories of the people whose mission it is to ensure others are seen, heard, and respected. They've overcome challenges in the workplace and the world or supported other women in doing so. Holly and Kristen are committed to uplifting women's voices, sharing inspiration, advice, and maybe even a few laughs from women and their allies about the work they are doing to promote inclusion and equality in our world. They believe that by sharing stories of challenge and triumph, we can all make the world a better place as we inspire others to step fully into their personal leadership space. We are so happy you have joined us today for our conversation. Welcome everyone to this episode of the Uplifting Women podcast. I'm Kristen Strunk, along with my co-host, Holly Tesca. And we're here with Jen Goodfriend, who is going to be spending this episode with us today. Jen has brought us the statistic that less than 12% of female entrepreneurs make six figures or more in their business. And Jen is on a mission to change that statistic. After mediocre success and complete burnout in her first business, Jen discovered mindset work and her life and business haven't been the same since. Now she easily achieves the success that she desires and is passionate about helping other women do the same. Using a unique combination of mindset and business strategies, uniquely tailored to each individual woman she works with. She helps you achieve your six figures while working 20 hours a week or less, which we're very, very interested in. But uh, welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We'd really like to start with just having you walk us through your story and how you got to this point. Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, my life used to look nothing like what it does today. Like I I say, it's a complete transformation. People who knew me even 10 years ago don't even recognize the person I was. So I literally spent my whole life being that insecure people pleaser who literally would bend over backwards for everybody else, but wouldn't take care of herself. And so this led to going off to college to do what I thought everyone else wanted me to do, um, following a career path that I thought everyone else wanted me to do. And I always knew I was meant to be an entrepreneur. I'd known that since I was a child. And around my mid-20s, this was the one thing I went against everyone else's, you know, suggestions. And I started my own business. Everyone's like, just stay in a corporate job. You know what? You've got you've got a good paying career. Why why would you give that up? And I, I just knew, and this was the one thing I actually finally was fighting back and said, no, I am meant to be an entrepreneur. So I went out, I started my own business. Unfortunately, it was doing what others thought I should be doing because I still was that people pleaser. And I was really good at what I did. I just really didn't like it. And so at first success came relatively easy. I had a lot of connections through my corporate career. I had a lot of past clients that came over with me. And so at first it was like, oh, this is easy. This is great. This is wonderful. I love being my own boss. And then I felt like I hit this brick wall where all of a sudden it just started getting harder and harder. And so my mind said, you're just not working hard enough, Jen. You just need to put in more hours. You need to work harder. You need to do more. 
So I did. And I started working harder and working harder. And I'd get a little bit of success and then something would happen that I would lose some success. And then I'd get a little bit of success. And it was like this rebound for about three years until finally I was pushing myself so hard. I actually had health crisis. My body was literally shutting down. I was in what they called full-blown burnout, which, you know, over 10 years ago when this happened, this wasn't a thing. Burnout wasn't a diagnosis. The doctor didn't even know what I had. He's just like, we don't know what it is. You know, it just, you know, exercise more, look after yourself. I was passing out for no reason. Like I get these dizzy spells while I was driving down the highway and literally have to pull over, put my head between my legs. And he goes, oh, it's no big deal. Just like, just pull over, put your head between your legs. No, no worries. And I was like, wow. Wow. And yeah. So all of a sudden this just accumulated in actually me passing out at the hospital and getting a concussion. I literally passed out while I was getting x-rays, hit my head on the concrete floor, got a concussion. And that was kind of my turning point going, what am I doing to myself? Like, it is so bad that I'm passing out for no reason whatsoever. Like in the middle of the day with no, no warning, no nothing, no supposed health issues. And it was that point that I started looking back at my life and looking at where I was and I'm going, what am I doing to myself? And I started realizing how unhappy I was. At that point, everyone was just, oh my God, you're living the picture perfect life. You've got a business that's successful. You, I was just recently married. I had this great group of friends. I was like living that picture perfect life and I was miserable. And then I thought it was my fault. I'm going, oh my God, I'm so ungrateful. I am, you know, what's wrong with me? I'm living this amazing life and everyone, you know, thinks so, why am I so unhappy? But it was because I wasn't living my life. And it was in that realization that I started just peeling things back going, I am so miserable. I was in an abusive marriage. My husband was absolutely horrendous, made me feel like the smallest, most tiny person in the world. Like anytime I felt good about myself, he just beat me right back down again. My business was, you know, taking up all this time, all this energy. I was working some days, 10, 12, 14 hour days. And I was just so physically exhausted. I just couldn't do it anymore. And I literally snapped one day and I was like, I'm giving it all up. And I did, it was like literally months before my 30th birthday. And I walked away from everything. I told everybody, I said, screw you all. I'm done with all of this. I'm done being miserable. If this is what life is, I either don't want to live life or, you know what, something's got to change. So I literally walked away and my life hasn't been the same since. I started my personal development journey. I started uncovering who is Jen as a person? What does Jen actually want? What does Jen actually love? Because I didn't know what that was. I'd spent my whole life doing what everyone else was expecting of me. And it was finally that time to find me. And even though I didn't find me right away through the work, I uncovered who I really was, what I truly loved. And I truly love helping people. And as much as I was doing that in my first business, it wasn't, it was numbers and figures and facts and all that fun stuff. It wasn't actually truly helping people. So over the past 10 years, since it's actually literally, I'm just coming up on my 40th birthday. So it's been 10 years since I walked away from it all. And now I'm happier than I've ever been. I love what I do with my life. I have a partner who I love, who treats me amazingly. And I'm literally living now what I call my picture perfect life. But it took me having to let go of everything in order to finally find that. Wow. Wow. So what was it like when you when you finally made that decision to walk away from it all? Number one, congratulations on seeing um 
the opportunity that the universe brought to you and walking through that. But, you know, there's a, there's more than just courage involved in it because you have the forces of others working against you at the same time. What was that like? What did that feel like? Oh, it wasn't easy. It was not easy at all. It took me almost a year. I kept saying for over a, like almost a year, I'm not happy. This isn't making me happy. This isn't fulfilling me. Why am I doing this? And then I'd be like, okay, I'm ready to leave. And I'd get close and then something would happen. Oh, well, I disappoint this person. Oh, what am, what am I going to do? Where am I going to live? And then I would step back into the old life. And then I would like, okay, I'm ready to leave. It's done. I'm done. And then I would step back. And it was literally those times i call it like a practice i was like practicing to leave getting up my courage to leave and really like working that muscle of you're deserving of this you're worthy of this you can have this you know this is available to you you don't have to be miserable so it really took a lot and it really took hitting rock bottom to do it because i don't think if i'd hit that lowest spot and wondering you know because of the health and because of my mental health at the time it's like can it get any worse and do i want it to get any worse or like, is is life worth even living anymore? And it was at that point, I'm like, wow, am I at that point that I'm thinking that low? Like, there must be something wrong. And this is the point where I absolutely have to do something or I might not be around any longer to actually truly live a life and see if it is worth living. And it's interesting as you're talking through this journey about getting to where you are now and, um, you know, taking your desire to help people and turn it into really helping people in a way that also serves yourself. I'm curious as to what the difference is between what you're doing now versus what you had been doing previously. Yeah. So my first business, I was a financial consultant. So I worked with multi-million dollar companies and I literally just helped them overhaul their business. I looked at their numbers. I told them what was working, what wasn't working, told them how to do it. And I was wonderful at numbers. Like I went to school for business. I had a background in finance. I was really good at numbers, but I absolutely hated it. Like numbers bored the crap out of me. Like doing the work I did, I liked the people stuff, like sitting down with my clients, going over their information, having chats, with them I was really good at that like my clients loved me so much I would literally go home and have dinner with them and their families like anytime we had our quarterly meetings it was like okay let's do our quarterly meeting and then come home and I knew their family like they were my own like we were super close and I loved that aspect of it but I hated the actual work so now I literally get to help people change their life I get to inspire women I get to help them get out of their own way because as women we are the worst our own worst critics, we get in our own way. We are our biggest saboteurs of ourselves. And I love just showing women how to quit doing that because once you stop getting in your own way, once you stop sabotaging yourself, once you stop talking yourself down, because how many times have you said to yourself, oh, you can't do that. Who do you think you are to do that? You're not worthy of that. All those things we say. And the scary thing is, is those aren't our words. Those are other people's words that we've taken on as our own. And we've accepted as truth, just like I accepted that I was worthless and I'd never make anything of myself. And I should be happy that someone even wanted to marry me. Like, it doesn't matter if he treats you like crap, you should just be happy that someone even wanted to marry you. And it's taking those thoughts and feelings out of your mind and removing them. And that's what I'm so passionate about is helping 
truly change women's lives by changing their thoughts, by changing the way they think of themselves so that they can start having better for themselves and start knowing they're worthy and deserving of better things for themselves. All right. So you made the decision finally and you left. Then what did you do? Oh, I kept falling into old patterns for a while, of course, because... <laughs> Yeah. We we make these we do these things for a reason. And I thought, well, I walked away. Everything will be great. Everything's wonderful. It's all sunshine and rainbows now. But I was still the same person. So of course I still had those same mindset blocks. I still had those same belief systems. So I still kept making those same bad choices, I guess you could say, over and over again until one day again I just was like frustrated. I'm like, why is this happening? And I just started learning about personal development because back in the day, it wasn't as big of a thing. It wasn't mainstream. It wasn't common. So I started learning about personal development and I decided one day I'm going to go to the bookstore and I'm going to go find me one of these books to help me. And I call it divine intervention that I found this one book called uh, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And that book opened my eyes to limiting beliefs and our mind and the negative inner critic and how it holds us back and I say my life hasn't been the same since because that literally got me down this rabbit hole of mindset and limiting beliefs and all these past programs and me going and stirring up all my old traumas and my shitty childhood and all those things that I'd done in the past that had got me to where I am. And then that's what introduced me to hypnotherapy and how I became a hypnotherapist. And it was just all of that one book just kind of started leading me down the road. It didn't mean it changed overnight. It took me a good three, four years of really in-depth healing and working on myself and focusing on myself to really make the changes I needed to in order to become the person I am today. And I say, I'm still always constantly changing. I'm constantly evolving. I'm constantly learning. And I'm the person who is always every day working on herself, working on her mindset, because if I don't, then I'm going to stay stagnant. And to me, I know in order to grow and be the best version of myself, I always have to be working on myself each and every day. So what does that look like specifically? So for me, it's, it's big thing is, is calling out that inner critic. Cause I still have that inner critic, that inner voice still pops up and it still shows up in my business. I always say new level, new devil. So every time I hit a new level in my business, there's always something that comes up. Are you sure you're deserving of worthy of this? Are you sure this is available to you? Are you sure this is going to take too much time? So to me, mindset work is a daily occurrence. Every morning I'm doing that work on myself. I'm asking myself, is there things getting in the way? Is there things coming up? Is there a voice in my head that's telling me this isn't available to me? And when I find the really hard stagnant days, like sometimes I'll be in the middle of a launch and my brain is just like all negative. Who do you think you are? Nobody's going to buy this. Who do you, who do you think is going to want to pay you to get this kind of help? And it's like constantly just paying attention to that voice. And now I'm really good at noticing those negative thoughts. Like literally as soon as they pop in my head, I'm like, uh-uh. Like, no, we don't need this. And I'm doing that daily work. And then I'm doing the even deeper work, like being a hypnotherapist, when the really big stuff comes up, I have colleagues that I go to, it's like, oh, I've hit a roadblock. I've hit a new income level. I've hit a new upper, you know, upper level ceiling. I need to go work through that. And I'm working with colleagues. I'm working with other healers. I'm working with coaches because as a coach myself, I think it's pretty hypocritical if I say, oh yeah, come work with me and get help from me. And I'm not doing the same for myself. So I'm always working with others to help me that be the best version of myself because I can't do it all myself. So it's getting that help from others. And then also 
really focusing on myself and doing the work for myself as well. Yeah. Having that outside perspective to hold up the mirror is always so important. You know, I always tell folks, you can't coach yourself. Even if you're a really great coach, you can't coach yourself as I'm a coach as well. And uh, yeah, you have to, you have to pay attention to that. You know, that's a, you bring something up um, that I think I'd like to dive into just a little bit further, you know, women in particular, and not exclusively because I certainly coach plenty of men who also have the, the inner critic that's got a very loud voice you know, something that I've noticed seems to work for me, and I'd be curious about your take on this. You're right, that critic never goes away. I mean, it's there. The strength of its voice changes at different times. But I also recognize that that critic, in some ways, has made me who I am, has pushed me to to work harder, to seek out, you know, other coaches, other resources, you know, and I, a practice that I have for that uh, inner critic is when I notice it coming up, I will actually thank it. Mm, yeah. Just to just say, yeah, I hear you. I I get it. You're there. You're trying to um, sabotage me again. And I just want you to know, I thank you for the gifts that you did bring to me, but I got this. Yeah. And it's not that it's trying to sabotage you. Our brain's whole job is to keep us safe. So that negative inner voice is there as a protection mechanism for us. So if it, if you're doing something new and scary, the brain doesn't like that. Like our brains have not evolved much over thousands of years. We still have that primal brain going on. Yeah. And its sole job is to keep us safe. So when we do something new, when we do something scary, something out of our comfort zone, right away, the brain goes on high alert and goes, oh my God, what is she doing? We don't know the outcome of this. What's going to happen? Is this safe? Is it not safe? So your brain and that inner critic is there to talk you down, to talk you out of the unknown, to keep you safe because unknown is unsafe. Whereas you acknowledging that and saying, oh, it's okay. You know what? I'm okay now. Thank you i don't need you you're working past that but there's one thing you said about you can't like change that inner critic and that's where i can say yes you can that's where i love hypnotherapy because our beliefs come from those negative limiting beliefs those programs from others and through hypnotherapy you can actually reprogram the subconscious it doesn't mean that you're never going to have a negative thought ever in your life but those big ones like procrastination imposter syndrome fear of success fear of failure um, lack of belief in yourself when you work on those at the subconscious level you can remove the underlying belief system that created that but our mindset is like a tissue box, I say. As you're removing one limiting belief, there's other underlying ones that you may not see right away. So you remove a couple layers of tissues, you remove a few limiting beliefs, and you're feeling great for a while and you're doing really well. And then you hit that next level of income or something happens in your life or business that all of a sudden another Kleenex pops up and goes, hey, we're not done here. <laughs> And that's why even multimillionaires still do mindset work. And that's the difference between 
people who are mediocre success and highly successful is they do the mindset work on a regular basis. But the difference is, is once you get to that, you know, really successful level, once you've worked through those base level, really deep limiting beliefs, the later ones get to be easier because you recognize them right away. You realize it's just a limiting belief and then you do the work to remove it, pull that tissue out, toss it in the garbage, and then you're good for a while. And that's kind of a little bit of a difference is you can actually remove those. You can get rid of that. It actually can be a permanent thing. You just have to do it at a subconscious level. It's not something that changes at a conscious level. Hmm. And it sounds like it's continuous work, right? There's there's those things that are sitting on top that might be easier to get through or a little bit more easy to access and, and kind of move those things. But as you think about this work in the subconscious and think about it in terms of women, especially coming you know, to you for help in their business and their professional lives, how do you really get them to relax into the idea that this work on themselves and in their own minds is going to help them outwardly, right? Because I think sometimes you think, I'm, yep, I I need to, like you were thinking, I need to do more. I just need to be more productive, right? I have a, an addiction to productivity podcasts, which is probably unhealthy, but I just need, I'm going to find that one right system for me, and then it's all going to click. So how do you kind of work through that with people to say, no, you have to work on yourself. The rest of it is secondary. Yeah. So I like to tell people, like, do you want it to be easier? Like you're saying, oh, I need to find the right system. This one doesn't work for me. And that system. Well, if you're trying all the business stuff and it's not working, then it's probably not a business problem. It's probably a mindset problem because yes, there's so many different coaches and programs and ways of doing business out there. And eventually you will find the one that works for you. But if you're trying all of them and nothing works, Instead of thinking, oh, I just haven't found the right strategy. I haven't found the right person. It's no, you got to look inside of yourself because something else is holding you back. I always say, if you're a procrastinator, procrastination is a limiting belief. It is a sign that something is going on in your mind or perfectionism. Those are the two big ones. I tell ladies, if you are procrastinating on doing something in your business or going after that new job or going after that promotion or going after new clients, whatever it is, or you're waiting till things are perfect, those are two signs that it's actually a mindset problem and not a strategy problem. Because if it was just strategy, you would be doing it, but you're not actually doing the work. So therefore you can't get a result if you're not doing something, which falls back to the fear of, well, if I don't do it, then I'm in comfort zone because I know what it's like to not do the thing to stay where I am. But it's very scary to do the thing, potentially be really successful, because then maybe people will treat me differently. Maybe my relationships will change. What am I going to be like if I have money or the opposite? Okay, what if I do put it out there and it's not as successful as I want or not successful at all? Then I'm going to feel like a failure. Then I'm going to feel like I didn't do enough. So it's a whole lot easier not to do the thing and say, oh, I just procrastinated than it is to do the thing and say I failed or I succeeded. Super interesting. Yeah. And, you know, it it just causes me to think, you know, if we just had a switch on our brains that we could just like turn it off at certain times when it was taking us down a dark alley. (laughs) Don't we all? Wouldn't wouldn't life be so much easier? Just like, oh, here comes, here comes, turn it off. (laughs) 
I would love that. I, I would just love that. And, you know, sometimes it's funny that um, I tell people I do some of my best thinking like early in the morning. I also do some of my scariest thinking then too. Mm. Isn't that, you know, and I'm just realizing that through this conversation, you know, if I wake up a few minutes before the alarm clock goes off or whatever, I'm just lying there thinking about my day and what I'm going to get done. And, you know, I may have come up with an answer to yesterday's problem. It always seems to happen at that time of day. But, you know, it's also the scary stuff sort of floats in too. Yeah. And that's, that's very common. So when we first wake up in the morning and as we're falling asleep at night, our brainwave changes. So um, our conscious brainwave is different than the brainwave we're in when we're in hypnosis or when we're just falling asleep at night. And hypnosis is actually the same as REM sleep or when you're falling asleep. So the things that you're thinking about or focusing on when you first wake up in the morning or you first go to bed at night are either coming from your subconscious or they're going directly into your subconscious. So we have to really pay attention to those thoughts because if you're falling asleep at night going, oh my God, life sucks. Oh my God, life is so hard. How am I going to do this? You're literally telling your brain what you want. And unfortunately, our brain gives us what it thinks we want. And what it thinks we want are the things we talk about. So if we're consciously saying business is so hard, life sucks, why can't I get clients? Why is this so difficult? Our brain goes, oh, she wants it to be difficult. She wants it to suck. So they're going to make it harder to give you what it thinks you want. So you have to be really careful on your thoughts and your words, especially at those two times a day when you're at your most impressionable. So I teach my clients that when you wake up in the morning and as you're falling asleep, keep those thoughts positive. That's when you're saying those positive affirmations. That's when you're giving yourself your pep talk and saying, hey, I got this. I'm amazing. I can do anything I can set my mind to. Because as soon as you start going into the negative, the brain's taking that as programs and going, okay, if that's what you say you want, we're going to give that to you. And then the rest of the day you're going, oh my God, why does this day suck so bad? Well, you told it in the morning that you wanted it to be tough and it's just giving giving you what it thinks you want. Yeah, that's the whole law of attraction right there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what you think about, what you talk about, you're bringing that to yourself in in an unconscious way. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. So I'm curious about this conversation in terms of, you know, again, really, how is it that you explain the um, approach of that mindset shift? And, And when working with your clients, what are some of the big things that you see that get in our way, especially as women? Um, So you mentioned procrastination and perfectionism. What are some of the big things that you see that stop us from, you know, kind of being everything we could possibly be? Yeah, this one's easy. The number one, women don't feel like they're good enough. Over 95%, 100% of my clients I work with, but even 95% of the women I talk with in business have some sort of belief that tells them they're not good enough. So if you're saying things like, oh, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, who am I to be doing this? That's all comes stems from a belief of us women not feeling good enough. And we've been told that our entire life. Like this 
this is generations upon generations of women being told they're less than we're less than men we're not good enough we can can't make as much as men we can't be as successful as men we have to choose family or career we can't have it all who do you think you are and then we've got magazine covers telling us if you're not a size two you're not skinny enough you're not pretty enough so literally as women we are bombarded from the moment we are born with things telling us you are not good enough you who do you think you are for me I created a belief at only two days of age that I wasn't good enough. That's how young I was when I created my first limiting belief. So I spent my entire first 30 years of my life believing I wasn't good enough. And because I didn't believe I was good enough, I didn't allow good things to happen. Because again, self-fulfilling prophecy, our mind gives us what it thinks we want. So because I didn't think I was good enough and worthy and deserving of good things, or my life wouldn't have looked this way, then my mind sabotages me and gets in my way. And I see it in all my clients, every single one of my clients, that is literally one of the first things we work on because we all have some sort of belief. On top of that, I had a belief because again, I'm a woman. I grew up my whole life going, women's job is to have babies and make their husbands happy. Why are you even considering a career, let alone your own business? And there's just so many of those stories as women we are told and everyone's story is just a little bit different. But as long as we have those limiting beliefs and those beliefs that we're not good enough, we're not worthy enough, we're not smart enough, we're not pretty enough to be successful, then we're not going to allow ourselves to have that success. And it's just, it's really sad because that isn't our belief. We want good things for ourselves. We know we're smart enough, but it's other people telling us and holding us back. So we need to push past that and release those beliefs so that we can truly step out and be the best version of ourselves. And especially among women, that's the biggest one. When you remove that, I've seen women do such amazing things with their lives and with their businesses, because all of a sudden they believe they're worthy of it. And when you think you're worthy of it, you actually let it into your life. That's really cool. So is hypnotherapy the basis for the work that you do or do you incorporate other modalities into helping women achieve this kind of success? Yeah, so I use a bunch of different things, but definitely hypnotherapy is like the centerpiece because it's quick and it's easy. There are other things that work, but especially when we're working with the subconscious, our limiting beliefs are in the subconscious. And in order to remove them, you have to work at the level of the subconscious. And right now, hypnotherapy is really one of the only ways of doing that. I have other tools. I love tapping. I like affirmations. I I call those my, you know, emergency kit, though. That's like my first aid kit. So the hypnotherapy, we're going in, we're doing the big deep work. And then the other stuff is that little first aid kit in between when those negative thoughts pop up, you can pull out your journal, and you can journal on it, you can do a bit of tapping, you can do other little things in between to help out. But the real deep work comes from the hypnotherapy. That's where you make the biggest shifts, the biggest changes. And then the other stuff just helps when, you know, because when we're changing, our mind doesn't like change. So even when we're doing the hypnotherapy, we're going to notice the changes right away. But of course, as usual, we fall back into old habits because how many times have we all started diets? The first week's great. We're feeling good. We're, we're not eating the sugar. We're working out. And then after about a week to 10 days, all of a sudden, we're craving chocolate or, oh, it's just one day. I don't need to work out today. Again, that's our mind keeping us safe. And even when we remove the limiting beliefs, sometimes our mind and the universe goes, 
I just need to make sure you truly want this. Like, I know you've done the work, you've moved this limiting belief. I just need to make sure this is what you really want. And it'll give you a little bit of resistance to say, okay, I want to know. And it wants to see what are you going to do? So the other tools help when those little bits of resistance come up. And when you say, no, this is truly what I want, then they disappear. And then all of a sudden you're, you're a new person, because just like any habit, when you remove a limiting belief, that's changing your habits. That's changing how you show up. That's changing who you are as a person. So you need that time for that change to integrate, for you to become that new person, for it to become a habit, for you to show up as that person. So you need that little bit of a first aid kit in between to help as you embody that new version of yourself and step into that new version of yourself and become that happier, more abundant version of yourself. Really interesting. It's It feels like, you know, we spend so much time in our conscious brain and we're things really where the show really is run is in the subconscious. It is. I, I, I explain it like a computer system. So your subconscious is like your computer program. So our subconscious actually remembers everything. Our conscious mind has limited long-term and short-term memory space. We can only have so much space, but our subconscious is like a computer. It has a massive hard drive that remembers absolutely everything. And then it takes every story we've ever been told, anything we've ever seen. So the way our subconscious works is 50% of our programs are inputted by the age of five or six. So just imagine, you've seen children five, six years old, they don't have rational thought, they don't have cause and effect thinking, Children at that age learn through their senses. So everything they see, everything they hear, touch, taste, smell. So they take in their information through their senses. So if they see, um, say mom and dad are arguing all the time, they take that on and go, mom and dad argue all the time. Mom and dad are supposed to love each other. That must be love. So they take on a belief of love is arguing. So then say that woman gets into her 20s and she wants a loving, happy relationship. She's going to attract a man that she's going to fight and argue with. And she's going to go, I don't want this. This is never what I wanted. But her mind goes, but you wanted love and love is fighting because it's that back and forth. So we take on face value at that age. So a lot, most of our programs come from that very impressionable age. The rest are between that five, six and 18. We're up to about 85 to 90%. So by the time we're told we're adults and can think for ourselves, we've actually got most of our programs. So then that first six years, that's like the absorb everything I see, like no thought behind it then the rest of it, the rest of those teen years are about, I just want to fit in. I just want to be a part of something. I just, it's that instant gratification. Our brains are wired for instant gratification, which comes from having friends, having friends like us. That's why teenagers do such stupid things. Cause it's like, oh, well, if I, if I jump off a bridge with my friends, they're going to like me and I need to feel like I'm accepted and liked and I'm a part of something. So throughout this whole impressionable part of our life, we're creating our programs. And then we've got our parents and other impressionable adults telling us, um, oh, you need to get better grades, you need to work harder. And then you're seeing your parents being away working. And so you're taking all the stuff you're seeing and hearing, and this is how you're creating your beliefs. So like me, my dad was also an entrepreneur and I seen him working away a lot. There was many days throughout the winter was his busiest time. And pretty much the whole winter, he would be gone to work before I got up in the morning for school. And he wouldn't be home until after I went to bed at night. 
So my impressionable brain created a belief that yes, you can be wildly successful and wealthy, but you have to work really, really hard to do it. And that's how I ended up working so hard in my first business is I had a limiting belief that success only comes from hard work. So when it came easy at the start of my business, my mind goes, that's not how this works. So we're going to make her work even harder and more hours to make her feel like she's deserving and worthy of this success. And so you can see how these programs come on at such an impressionable time in our life and even into our 20s. So you've got 10% of space left once you're an adult to then change it, but you're still programmed by all these earlier ages so then this works like a hard drive who then goes okay you don't believe success is easy we're going to make sure success is always hard you don't believe you're lovable we're going to make sure you date all the men they're going to treat you like absolute garbage because you believe that's what you're deserving of and so that brain just takes all that on and changes it so in order to change how our mind sees things we have to go into it like a computer program and we have to go no i'm deleting this program that's not what i want from this we need to delete this program and give it whole new programs that say no this is what i want to have this is what you're going to give me and the mind goes oh okay as soon as you give it new programs the mind just wants to take that on and go okay it's easy sure i know what you want now i'll make sure to give that to you from now on See, all this time we thought all this, all we needed is a new hard drive, Kristen. <laughs> That's all we really needed. Hey, I'm, I'm for it. I'm, a reprogrammed hard drive would probably help. <laughs> <laughs> it makes so much sense, though. And, yeah. you know, certainly we've talked to many other experts, too, that concur. Um, you know, a lot of what is, ultimately becomes our personality and the way we show up in the world is programmed at a at an age before we even recognize what's going on and have the uh, the option to make choices right so we sort of become um what our environment provided us with and in the case of women you know, we're also fighting against thousands of years of socialization um, about what we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to show up. And it's hard work. It's hard work to change that way of thinking, to get past those limiting beliefs, to appreciate yourself, let alone the rest of the world. Um, you know, and I think sometimes people underestimate how difficult this work is and you know when when I see women that have become successful in spite of all of these things it just it it just gives me cause to celebrate and be thankful that there is hope there is hope for everyone to be able to do this so you know it's it's really inspiring to hear what you worked through in order to get to the other side. Thanks. Yeah. And it, it wasn't easy. Like it, it wasn't, but again, getting help makes a difference. you mentioned that and it is key. That's what a lot of women don't understand. I, I experienced it in my first business, thought I had to do it all my own, thought I, I should know enough. I should do it. But the thing is, is we all need help. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're struggling in any aspect of your life, you can keep struggling and try and do it on your own. But there's people out there who can help, whether that's someone like myself, whether that's a psychologist, a counselor, um, whatever, there's people out there who can help you and show you the path because we can't know it all. We're not meant to know it all. We can't be experts in everything, 
but there are people who are experts in something out there who can show you a quicker, easier path, who can help walk you down that road and show you a better way so that you don't have to struggle. Because when us women struggle, we can only give so much before we give up. We can only hit so many roadblocks and so many no's and so many struggles before we give up on ourselves. And we don't want that. Like, reach out, get the help from whoever it is because you deserve that. You're worthy of getting that help and getting what you need in order to go out and truly live the life that you desire for yourself. You know, and I I can't emphasize enough how important asking for help is because again, that's another societal pressure that we bear. Um, You know, if you have to ask for help, there must be something wrong with you that you can't do it all yourself, right? Yeah. And really, I think just recognizing that you don't have to do it all and there should not be, I'm sure there still is, but there should not be a stigma attached to that at all. You know, asking for help to me shows extreme courage. Yeah, I agree 100%. We are not meant to do it all. We're not supposed to do it all. And we just need to take that step and take the courage to ask for the help, whether that's from your family, your friends, mentors, whatever it is, you just need to reach out and ask. And there's always going to be someone who's willing to help you out. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. This has been a fun conversation. And it yeah, sounds I've like loved a, it. a really great place for us to um, talk about where our listeners can find you, Jen. How, how can our listeners reach out? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram at the Six Figure Female Entrepreneur. And I also just launched a podcast. So you can find that as well called the Six Figure Female Entrepreneur. It's on all your favorite podcast players. But I just love talking to people. So if you have questions, if you're wondering, if you're like, do I have a limiting belief? Do I struggle with mindset stuff? Send me a question. I literally just like having conversations with people. And I'm more than happy to just have a chat and you know what, let you know, help you out, give you suggestions if I can. Absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us today, Jen. Um, I'm feeling inspired. (laughs) Every time I have one of these conversations with one of our guests, I walk away feeling so inspired and surrounded by women who really want to create a difference in the world. And, you know, just thank you so much for sharing your story with our listeners. Um, Every little bit helps, you know, You just got to hear the right story and that'll pull you over to the other side, right? Yeah. And thanks for having me. And I just, yeah, if my story can change one woman's life, I've just succeeded. And that makes my heart full. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening in on this latest episode of Uplifting Women podcast. Holly and Kristen appreciate your dedication to Uplifting Women and look forward to you joining them again soon. This podcast is sponsored by upliftingwomen.net as well as Holly Tesca Coaching and Consulting and Regent Leadership Group. Please visit your favorite platform where you found this podcast to leave a review. If you are an uplifting woman or a man who champions women's success with a story to share, Kristen and Holly would love to talk to you. Please visit upliftingwomen.net and leave us a message.